0: Hey there, welcome to The Tint. I'm your host, Scott Feldman, and it's time for another foray into the world of aquariums from a slightly different perspective. You know, it's kind of fun to make little tweaks or adjustments to our aquarium methodology or approaches uh, to how we do certain things. This is what pushes the the state-of-the-art in aquaristics, you know, further down the road. Now, not every one of these adjustments is a quantum leap forward, at least not initially. Many are simply subtle iterations of things we've played with before. An example? Well, one of our favorite approaches here, sort of derived from our urban agapo work, has been to dry set the aquarium, a sort of technique I call the transitional approach. You know me, I love labeling things, but we'll get to why it's called that in a minute. Excuse me basically all you're doing is adding the prepared botanicals and leaves to your aquarium before it's filled and spraying them down with water and in our case our sprayable purple non-sulfur bacterial inoculant nurture to sort of kickstart the biological processes you let it sit you spray it down daily and then you fill it pretty straightforward now unlike in our urban agapo approach you're not trying to grow terrestrial grasses or plants during this so-called dry phase rather what you're doing is you're simply replicating or simply, excuse me, creating and managing will ultimately be the submerged habitat in your aquarium for a while before you actually fill it. I've done this a number of times and had really great results with it. And I think you will too. It's basically stupidly simple, yet it's profoundly different. Why? Because rather than our traditional approach of adding the botanicals and leaves and stuff to the aquarium after it's already filled you're sort of replicating what happens in nature in the wild when forest floors and other terrestrial environments are inundated by, you know, overflowing streams and rivers and so forth. The thing that I like about this approach, besides how it replicates what happens in the wild, is that it gives you the ability to really saturate and soften the botanicals and leaves and to begin the process of decomposition and bacterial colonization before you add the water. When, when do you fill the aquarium? That's, of course, the, the million-dollar question, right? Well, You can wait a few days, you can wait a week or two, as long as you'd like, really. The idea is to get the materials physically placed and to begin the process of colonization and softening by fungi and bacterial biofilms, known as conditioning, uh, by uh, ecologists who study these types of habitats. And of course, fishes and invertebrates, which live amongst and feed directly upon the fungi and decomposing leaves and botanicals, will contribute to the breakdown of these materials as well aquatic fungi can break down the leaf matrix and make the energy available to feeding animals in these wild habitats. And look at this little gem that I found in my research that touches on this very topic. i read it to you. There's evidence that detritivores selectively feed on conditioned leaves, i.e. those previously colonized by fungi. Fungi can alter the food quality and palatability of leaf detritus affecting shredder growth rates. Animals that feed on a diet rich in fungi have higher growth rates and fecundity than those fed on poorly colonized leaves. Some shredders prefer to feed on leaves that are actively colonized by fungi, whereas others consume fungal mycelium selectively. So conditioned leaves in this context are those which have been previously colonized by fungi. They make the energy within the leaves and the botanicals more available to higher organisms like fishes and invertebrates. Now, we've long maintained that the appearance of biofilms and fungi in your botanicals and wood is to be celebrated and not feared. These organisms represent a burgeoning emergence of life, albeit in one of its lowest and most unpleasant-looking forms. And that's really a big deal, though. Oh, shit, he's going to talk about biofilms again, right? Well, just for a second. I mean, biofilms, as we probably all know by now, form when bacteria adhere to surfaces in some you know, watery environment, and begin to excrete a sort of slimy, glue-like substance consisting of sugars and other compounds that can stick to all kinds of materials, such as, well, in our case, botanicals. It starts with a few bacteria, taking advantage of the, you know, abundant and very comfy surface that leaves and seed pods and even driftwood have to offer. The early adapters put out the welcome mat for the other bacteria, providing a more diverse adhesion site, such as a matrix of sugars that holds the biofilm together. Since some bacteria species are incapable of attaching to a surface on their own, they often anchor themselves to the matrix or directly to their friends who arrived at the party first. It's a literal explosion of life. It's a gift from nature and we could all receive it and benefit from it. Another advantage of this approach? The traditional cycling time of a new tank seems to go much faster. Almost undetectable in many of my experiments. Now, I can only hypothesize and assume that it's likely a result of all the bacterial growth uh, you know, occurring in the dry phase. Tannin's creative director, Johnny Ciotti, calls this period of time when the biofilms emerge and, and your tank really starts coming alive, the bloom, a sort of a appropriate term, and one that conjures up a beautiful image of nature sort of unfolding in our aquariums, your miniature aquatic ecosystem blossoming right before your very eyes. The real positive takeaway here. Biofilms are really a sign that things are working right in your aquarium. They're a visual indicator that the natural processes are at work, helping forge your tank's ecosystem. So what about the botanicals? Well, the idea of utilizing botanicals in the aquarium can be whatever you want, sure. However, if you ask me, and you likely didn't, (laughs) the idea of utilizing these materials in our tanks has always been to create unique environmental conditions and to foster a biome of organisms which work together to form a closed microcosm. That's really incredible to me. It's simple but it's really incredible. And the idea of dry setting your botanical materials and sort of conditioning them before adding the water, this transitional approach, while not exactly some revolutionary thing, is an evolutionary step in the development of botanical style aquarium keeping. The transitional approach is definitely a bit different than what we've done in the past and may create a more stable, more biologically diverse aquarium. Because you're already fostering a biome of organisms which will make that transition to the aquatic habitat and do their thing much more quickly. This is unique. We're talking about actually allowing some of the decomposition to start before water is ever added to our tanks. It's a functional approach requiring understanding, research, and patience to execute. There's nothing really difficult about it. And the aesthetics? They're going to be different than what you're used to, no doubt. They'll follow as a result of the process and will resemble on a surprisingly realistic level what you see in nature. But the primary reason is not for aesthetics. The interactions and interdependencies between terrestrial and aquatic habitats are manifold, beneficial, and really compelling to us as hobbyists. Now, to be able to study this dynamic firsthand and to approach it somewhat methodically is a significant change in our technique. And yeah, it's almost absurdly easy to do the hard part is that it requires a bit more patience. I mean, not everyone will see the advantages or value, uh, you know, and the, the trade-off being to, you know, wait to fill your tank and not filling it immediately. And that, that's something that some people won't want to do. And I understand that. If you do, however, you'll get to see firsthand this fascinating dynamic between the aquatic and the terrestrial environment in a most intimate way. It could change your thinking about how we set up our aquariums. It could. At the most superficial level, it acknowledges that after many decades, we as hobbyists are acknowledging and embracing this terrestrial aquatic dynamic. And it's a really unique approach because it definitely goes against the typical aquatic only approach that we're used to. When you consider that many aquatic habitats start out as terrestrial ones and accumulate botanical materials and you know, provide colonization points for all these life forms and facilitate biological processes like nutrient export and production of natural food resources, the benefits are pretty obvious. Again, the different aesthetics simply come as part of the package, both in nature and in the aquarium. Replicating the process and managing it in the aquarium also provides us as hobbyists a highly unique insight into the function of these habitats. From a hobby perspective, evolving and managing a closed ecosystem is really something that we should take too easily. Setting up an aquarium in this fashion also provides us with the opportunity to literally operate our botanical-style aquariums, that is, to manage their evolution over time through deliberate steps and practices, and it's not entirely unknown to us as aquarium hobbyists. It's not at all unlike what we do with planet aquariums or reef aquariums. In fact, the closest analog to this approach is the so-called, you know, dry start method, where uh, you're growing plants before you fill the tank, except that we're trying to grow bacterial uh, bacteria and other organisms instead of plants. So it's a, it's a little bit of a different approach or a different mindset anyway. Yet it's an evolution. Simply, it's a step forward out of the artificially induced restraints of this is how it's always been done, even in our own methodology. Yet another exploration into what the natural environment is really like, how it evolves and how it works, and understanding, embracing, and appreciating its aesthetics, its functionality, and its richness. Earth-shattering? Not likely. Educational? For sure. Thought-provoking and fun? Absolutely. A simple, yet I think profound, tweak to our approach. Stay curious. Stay open-minded. Stay thoughtful. Stay observant. Stay creative. And always stay wet. Until next time, this is Scott Fellman from Tan and Aquatics. Thanks for spending part of your day with me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next installment of the Tint.